What is up, good people? Welcome to a brand new episode of The Midnight Drop. I am your host, Jordan Malone. Welcome to The Chill Hour, something that we do here every Wednesday, Thursday of every week. We bring in a new special guest and kind of just have a chill hour, hence the name. Tonight, we actually have a new, brand new guest besides David Arnold. And I want to go ahead and introduce you, introduce you guys to him. His name's Lance. Go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody out there, Lance. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy Lance Williams. Um, I'm a filmmaker, and I recently started up my own production company. So, yeah, yeah, that's basically that's basically the most part. I'm a filmmaker, so. All righty. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, before we go ahead and get into the brand new episode, first of all, I want to go ahead and give you guys thanks for listening to today's episode and yesterday's review with Judas and the Black Messiah and also trying to get some uh, housekeeping rules out the way if you are new to the Midnight Drop or if you're you know, an actual listener of the Midnight Drop then you know that you can go ahead and go to the following platforms to listen to the podcast which is Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast uh, also go to SoundCloud, iHeartRadio also go to the uh, website www.themidnightdrop.com my Instagram page 615 underscore chill and you can also go ahead and go to my Instagram page if you want to go ahead and DM, DM me for any comments, concerns, considerations, or critiques, or go to my email at jordancammon at outlook.com. That being said, be on the lookout for a brand new episode tomorrow with another movie review, and also go ahead and check out last night's episode with Judas and the Black Messiah review. With that being said, let's go ahead and get this stuff on the road. So, good to have you here, Lance. Hey, man, it's so good to be here, bro. I'm glad. Happy to see what you're doing with uh, your podcast and everything. So, hey, I'm happy to be a part of it. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks, my guy. So, for you guys, my audience, kind of like give you some background history with what's going on between me and Lance. So, when I first started the podcast, I actually went to Lance uh, by just DMing him and just texting him about like what are some of the ideas that I can do regarding like, you know, photography. Uh, videography with some new ideas that I can do. He's actually listened to the first couple of episodes that I had uh, when I first started up doing kind of like motivational speaking episodes. And uh, he's been a great resource for me. So what's better way of giving my thanks by just having him here and just, you know, just give him, you know, tell him thank you and doing this episode and just kind of get you guys to know who he's all about. So yeah, man, this is great to have you here, man. Hey, real talk. Hey, I'm, I'm happy to see the growth, man. Like real talk, like, most of the time, people, you know, they'll ask for stuff and everything, but the thing is, they don't like take action. So I'm just happy to see that you're taking action and you're growing your platform. And I can't wait to see the growth in the future, man. Like real talk, I can't wait for it to grow. Shit, I'm just, I'm just happy that I stuck with this thing because there was that moment of time I was doing it in the beginning, and then at a halfway point, I stopped doing stuff because of school, and I was scared that I wasn't going to mm-hmm. get back into it, and I just myself back into the fray and here i am so got a lot more growing there to do go. i got more growing to do but i'm just doing the best i can but yeah let's uh enough about me about and everything say, yeah. enough about me and everything uh go ahead and just you know straight up like just go ahead and just share more about yourself regarding like you know your school life what you do all that stuff like uh just right. yeah just go ahead and tell everything about yourself man i bet so um yeah i'm a I go to Morehouse College so in Atlanta. Currently, I'm at home in Dallas because of corona and everything else that's going on. And I did not want to go back this semester just because of the fact that I'm not trying to be around, you know, all that corona stuff. And I know ACL be handling corona like <laughs> corona don't exist. 
So I was like, yeah, let me let me stay home. But it was uh yeah, uh, yeah, I go to I go to college. I'm a business marketing major. Um I'm not I'm not into the whole the whole film major thing because of the fact that um you know, I tried to go for it at one point, but it didn't end up working out. But uh finding another way to go after it was like a good way to good thing to do cuz business can go into anything. So I decided to become a business marketing major and you know, learn the business side of things as well as do the creative stuff on the side. So um, that was something that was new for me, but it was really exciting. Um, but but in the meantime, like outside of school and everything, I, I make, I'm a filmmaker. So uh, I currently have about just like a good seven, maybe seven short films out and stuff like that. Uh, I what like, I have so many more I want to make, but the only thing is, it's just hard to, work with people because of Corona and everything like that. So, yeah. uh, even though, yeah. So even though Corona is going on, it's like you, you could still use this time to, uh, you know, better your craft. So this whole time, that's all I've been doing. I've been reading a lot of books. I've been looking at a lot of YouTube videos just to learn new things and get a new, better understanding of things. And, uh, yeah, man, like I'm, I'm just so excited with, uh, just so happy about all the growth that I've gotten from all of that because I never thought that I would be going after to, you know, going after creating my own uh, production company. That was something I never thought of doing. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to act and then I wanted to make films and now I'm doing that. So it's kind of like, I, I had no idea this would happen, but I'm, I'm very happy with the path that, you know, that led me here. So yeah, man, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a little bit, you know, that's a little bit. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's like it's real dope that you were able to make you, you know, your whole studio during like a pandemic. And I think whatever you do during this pandemic just makes it more awesome because we already been through this whole crazy fucking situation to where it's just like we've been stuck at home for the first couple of months because of lockdown. And then we had to go out and try to live semi-normal lives while also protecting ourselves from just a virus that can come at us at any time. And oh, yeah, at that, bro, at the same time, it's just like when I found out you made that studio and you already had some work in, I'm like, that's that's freaking fire. And I'm yeah, I'm like kind of like got off guard with like you not being a film major because it's just like I'm gonna be real. Like when we were both like when we were both back, back in campus, you know, we've talked sometimes, but not a whole lot. It's just like when I saw you, I saw you when I got to say what's up, what's up. I remember you was in the stats class. And you was gone after the first couple of days, so there was that. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it was. Uh, I'm a I, like okay. So it was. Uh, you know the CTEMS program I should say over there. Yeah, the CTEMS like, program. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there was, yeah, there was that. That was. A, I was actually a, going to become like a a CTEMS major, mm-hmm. uh, just so I could, you know continue doing all of, you know, the film stuff and everything and try to take it serious on, like, through the whole school. Um, but the thing is, like, you got to go through, like, this rigorous... I wouldn't say rigorous, but you got to go through this whole process of, like, you got to apply just to claim the major and stuff. So, at the time, uh, my GPA wasn't the best just because I started out as a comp sci major when I first came to Morehouse as a freshman. Uh-huh. And that that yeah that thing ruined my GPA like my stuff was at like a 
like a 2.7 or something. Like, it was bad, man. Like, I'm not even going to lie to you. No, uh, no, but yeah. then eventually, exactly. So it's like trying to bring that up is like a hard thing to do. But um, eventually I got it up to like a three. But by the time it was at a three, I guess it wasn't shown on my record. So when I applied, they didn't uh, end up bringing me in because I think you have to have a 3.0 or better to get in to get in the whole program. And so whenever I, I, I like I was still making films and stuff like that, even whenever I applied for it. But like uh, I, they didn't take me in. And then so I was like, dang, like I was really hurt. Like I was like, oh, man, like this is the one thing I, I wanted to do. I thought I was, wasn't going to be able to go after all this film stuff, everything, everything. And my mom, she was like, yo, yo, like, what you doing? Like, you tripping. Like, you, you really going to let the fact that a school didn't let you claim a major be the reason why you don't go after your dreams? I was like, how else am I supposed to do it? She was like, claim another major, but still do it. It's going to be harder, but that, that's what you got to do. So, yeah, then that's what led to business marketing. And, yeah, man. No, it was, yeah. it's a lot to juggle, but yeah, but it's, it was actually not bad. Like, cause you know, the business aspect of things is just as important as the creative. So no, it's no, kind of cool finding yeah. how to combine those things. No, I definitely understand that. I'm kind of surprised at the fact that the seat that you need a, there's a GPA requirement to become a C Tim's major. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> that, that doesn't <laughs> that's make what any- I'm Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you would think that it would be like for everybody, you know, like everybody, anybody, who, who has a love for film to come in, just claim the major and do whatever. But hey, I, I think that's just how it is. I mean, so you telling me John David Washington and Spike Lee had to have a certain GPA to be filmmakers or else they wouldn't be filmmakers or even actors or whatever. I mean, I mean, when Spike Lee was here, he went to, he got, he did a lot of his film learning and stuff at Clark. Like, oh yeah. You know, Clark also, yeah, they do the cross registration thing. So that's what I heard. He did a lot of his learning at Clark. I'm not sure what John David Washington did. I know he, I know he was on football and stuff, but I'm not sure what he did as like a major and everything. But I don't know. Yeah, like I know. Either yeah, either way, like I who would who you would never think that that would be, you know, the thing to do. Yeah, for, and it, you know, going after film. Yeah, and it's just the fact that you know when you go to Morehouse, they tell you you can do whatever, and they try to uplift African American men. So it's just kind of the fact that. I don't know if to call it gay- gatekeeping, but it's just kind of like weird that they go ahead and kind of put that requirement to get in. I mean, yeah, you don't want to take somebody that's got like a 1.5, but like, dude, if you got a chance, got a chance. And it's just, it's kind of weird, but yeah. it's kind of weird. But yeah, I mean, like I've had to be in that situation, not necessarily to get in to a a different major for a different you know, to have like a GPA to get into a different major. But like, I've had to change my major to get exactly what I wanted to try to do. It didn't work out. And I ended up having making a compromise and it works out. It's a lot of juggling to do, but it's right there. I mean, stuff, I mean, shit. I mean, it had, you know, the place that I was in before kinesiology wasn't working for me. And I ended up switching to bio, which, I mean, I have my own complaints with that, but I, I would say that I don't really regret it. So, I mean, that I can totally understand from that. So with that being said, I mean, yeah. with that being said, I mean, like, who's your biggest, when it comes to making films and everything, like, when did you really know you were really going to get into that? When did you know you were very interested in doing that? Um, so, um, it kind of, it's 
high school. I got into film like my senior year of high school. So um, at first, all I wanted to act. Like, that's all I wanted to do. So I would constantly do auditions and everything else like that. And then eventually, the show um, Atlanta came out. Uh, Donald Glover's show. That yeah. show is so good. If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. No, so, I've, I've seen. Um, I've seen but it. Mm-hmm. yeah, it was great. Yeah, that show. That show was hard, bro. No, that show was fucking. That show um, was freaking fire. Yeah. Yeah. The first episode was premiering, and I've always listened to Childish Game, You know, so I was like, "Yo, like, oh, I didn't know this dude this. Like, let me go check it out." Um. So I watched it, and then like in credit, he said he like created the show. He wrote some episodes. He um, produced it and everything else. And then some episodes to direct. And I was like, whoa, like I know one person can have so many roles within a production. So then that kind of led me into like more curious about like what what can I do uh, outside of acting. Um, and they made some friends like in Catholic like the things we go through oh that would be that would be crazy so i was like you know what let's do it i was like let me i'll write it then everybody was like okay cool so i went home and that was the first time i wrote like i just wrote up wrote up like a script it was like 40 pages and i loved the whole process of it now mind you like now that i look back that script was terrible like it was terrible formatting was wrong i had everybody all the characters sounding the same like it was it was really bad but the thing was like i loved the whole process of it like it was 40 something pages and never in my life would i ever thought that i would be writing something 40 pages because like i hate writing essays i hate writing essays but when it comes to writing like scripts that's just like a smooth process it's just amazing so yeah. Um. Yeah. And then just from there, I got in, went to college, um, and then like uh, just started meeting more people and getting more into like what it takes to be a filmmaker and what things you got to know. And yeah, that just kind of got me into doing more outside of just writing and acting. So it was it was really cool. Like it was a great little, great little learning experience, I should say. No, that's dope. Yeah, and I think Childish Gambino. Uh, it is a great example, a great uh, role model for that because he's he is considered one of the most talented people in the business from just being able to act, being able to write, produce, direct, uh, you know, sing, rap, all of that stuff. So I just mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, so I mean, that's, that's a great example, especially with the show Atlanta, which I've seen the first two seasons. You know, I was a little late in it, but had a great time with it. But yeah. And then what you said about like your first script, like saying it was just terrible. I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer that like, it doesn't matter how bad or how terrible, or how good it is. Just go ahead and do it. And you'll look back and be like, Oh, I took mm-hmm. a lot of steps to grow. And I mean, that's just, that that's just real shit, man. That's just real shit. I got to go in. And yeah, that's, that to you that's, that. that's real. Most deaf, most deaf. Like that first step is always the hardest thing. And then like, after you do it, you kind of just like, Oh, hey, you know, that ain't that bad. Like, you might be way off the scale, but at least you're going in the right direction. Like, at least you started the path to go somewhere. So, yeah. most definitely. Like, yeah, I'm glad I am. I'm glad you, I'm glad you, I'm glad you know that, uh, that logic too. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it's just I, I'll say this from from personal experience from mine. It's just that whenever you get into something your first time or when you're leading up to it, you get really afraid because you start looking at examples. You start comparing yourself to others who have been in the game longer or people who are first starting out and they crash and burn and you're just like, I don't want to be part of that. Or you start questioning yourself and you just got to go ahead and just do it no matter what. Uh, The biggest problem that I had was that when I first started trying to do podcasting, uh, was that I wanted to have a bunch of this equipment, and then I realized I don't need that much. All I need is really just a microphone and just my laptop, and I'm good to go. I had some people tell me just use my phone and just go ahead and speak, and I just thought that was way too ratchet because <laughs> it's just way too fucking ratchet. And I just said, let me just do the microphone or laptop. I mean, when you do it, you do it and you have a good time. And I think the one thing that you get really afraid about is just how much money that really goes into it. Like I've been told. Oh yeah. Yeah. uh, Like I've been told that I can forget, like if podcasting isn't going to give me any money or isn't going to make me, you know, some coins where I benefit after I buy and you know, all this equipment, what's the point? It's just a fruitless endeavor. I feel like that's a problem. Yeah. bro. Yeah, that's a problem. Like, you ever have you ever like had that happen when it came down to like your filmmaking dreams and stuff, bro? Yes, like, like that's the reason why I became a, a computer science major my freshman year because I wanted I wanted to go after filmmaking so bad. Like, I really wanted to, but like when you look at the film industry, like that is so hard to get into. Like, there's people out there just like doing everything they can to get into the film industry and it's just it's just like it just except not many people you know especially when it comes to people like that that are like that look like me you know that's that makes it even harder to break into the film industry so i was just like yeah i don't know and then plus the only way to do like so like like live the life i want to you know go places and expand and do all that stuff you got to have money so of course, like I was like, yeah, bro, let me let me go ahead and do something that I know will get me some money in my pocket and go after that. So I was like, you know, computers ain't going nowhere. Let me in them computer computer people make a lot of money. So I was like, Dude, let me let me become a computer science major and just go after that. So that's what I did. And I'm not gonna lie to you, the first week, bro, I was so lost. Like first week of classes. We had this teacher and everything. Everybody else was just, we. I was lost, bro. I like, oh my gosh. And I couldn't do it. Like after classes, I'd have to get ready for stuff and everything. And just the learning, the studying, everything was just terrible. Like I was getting stressed. Like I think I had my first anxiety attack just because I was doing that. I was going crazy, bro. Like I could not do that stuff, man. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah, because it's like your heart is in one place, but you're doing something completely different. So it's like it just it just hurts you, you know. Deep down, it just really hurts, you, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's I think that's something that I've that a lot of people can say it's a problem and they can relate to that because when you get into college obviously when you go into college in the, in the hopes of getting a job into your aspiring career path or just to get a job so that you can make enough money so that you can just have a comfortable lifestyle. But the problem is, is that, you know, you can't, you're not really going to have that much fun or be successful in it if you don't really like it 
or if you're being forced to do it for the sake of just money and you know I, I do. yeah i mean i've seen i remember freshman year and even the first part of sophomore year where a bunch of people went into stem fields went into biology that went into computer science that went into engineering and then later down the road they end up switching their major to something completely different now they're succeeding yeah. <laughs> they're succeeding and it's just like yeah like that's dope so I mean, it goes into a whole bigger conversation about, you know, yeah, we need more people in STEM. We need more black people in STEM. We need more black people being doctors, lawyers, in these high-ranking fields. But the problem is, is that we're forcing people to do that, and we need to understand that we need to show them opportunities and just, boom, that's it. But that's a whole yeah. big, that's a whole bigger uh, conversation into that so <laughs> it definitely is it definitely is yeah yeah that's a whole big but, fucking conversation i'm saying i'm saying but like yeah i think that was the biggest lesson i learned from that whole experience like yeah like yeah money money is you know it is it is kind of important because you know that's what gets you to so I I don't know I don't know money money gets you things I, I'm not gonna lie it does get you things but you gotta put like your happiness like before that because literally if you're if you're not right with yourself if you're not happy with what you're doing and where you're going like bro you gonna go crazy and I don't even think like you will ever even like truly enjoy all the the things that will come from it you know. Like yeah. happiness, like but like think about it, like happiness doing doing what you're doing, believe me, money's gonna come, bro. Like that's what I have to that's what I have to see. Like if you really love what you're doing and you're constantly growing in what you're doing and all of that, like the money's gonna come, bro. Like like don't even don't even think about it. But yeah still. Yeah, that that is something that is big though. Yeah. Like especially with college students. I would say the best thing if if you're a college student or anybody and if you're trying to go into something, I would say go into it, have fun, but don't like have a balance with everything. Like definitely have fun, but put yourself at a level where you are concerned about the money and you can financially do it. Because realistically, realistically, money rules the world and money is is the object that helps us like live and stuff. And a lot of people think that, oh, I, I just need money. I don't need happiness that's an extreme or I just need to have fun. Money shouldn't matter. That's another extreme. Just have a balance. Like that's like the root cause of a lot of things. Like nobody really has balance. So, I mean, that's, that's just something that is to be in. But, uh, I mean, with going, going from that kind of branching off from that with your, you know, your studio, like, like how does it feel to actually have like your own studio? Do you feel like you're having fun? Do you feel like it's more work than you, realize like go ahead and dive into that real quick um yeah i'm not even gonna lie yeah it is a lot more work but i I like it though like i'm not even gonna lie i do like it i never thought i would like doing a lot of work but it's it's all going towards something that i know will be bigger than where it is now so like it's like i have the why in my mind you know why i'm making this why i'm doing this so it's it's very it's very great so um, right now it's me and I have another person, uh, helping me out with the both of this, um, with, on my team. Her name's Tia. Shout out to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she was somebody who kind of like helped me, helped me like get like, yeah, you should, I should definitely, 
uh, create something like this. And she was like somebody who really like believed in the whole image that I had of making this. So she's definitely been somebody who's been helping me along the way. So shout out to her. So she's definitely on the team with uh, the growth of uh, We Will Studios. But um, yeah, it's a lot of work because like I never thought I'd be going down the entrepreneurial route, I should say. I always thought, you know, it's just going to be film, film, film. But um, the more I got into business, the more I got into the things you can expand upon, it just it just came to me. And I was just like, bro, like, I got to go this. I got to do this. Like, I got to make a production company. Like, especially because I don't want to be in a position where I have to rely on somebody else to, you know, you know, make opportunities for me when like, you know, at the end of the day, if you really want it, you can make it happen. So I just kind of looked at it like that. And I was just like, Hey, Hey, I can make a, I can make a studio. Tyler Perry can make a studio. I can make a studio. And it just, it, yeah, it's going to start from the bottom. But I mean, if I know that deep down, cause I want this, I'm, I'm going to make it grow to where I want it to be. I'm going to put all as much as I can into making it what I want to be. So yeah, like I'm loving the whole process. I'm not even going to lie to you. It's amazing. No, yeah, no, no, that's really great to hear. I mean, you, you're doing a whole lot. I see you, I see you doing some stuff. You, you were able to get some gigs in. I got, I'll, I won't lie to you. When you like showed off some of your equipment, especially like your camera, you got the black magic pocket cinema 4k. I got hella jealous because that's a camera I've been saving up to get. <laughs> And I don't yeah, even know bro. if I can. I don't even know if I can get it right now because it's like twelve hundred fifty bucks, and I'm just needing a camera so I can go ahead and do like a video podcast. But yeah, man. I mean, just where do you kind of like see this studio going in the next couple of years? Because I know a lot of people feel like a lot of people see big visions to whatever they're putting into, and as long as they have fun, they do it. And you mentioned that you were trying to get more people in your team. So like, where do you see this stuff, see this thing going in the next couple of years as you like grow and everything? Um, most definitely. Um, uh, so the main thing, I just see it growing in Dallas. Like I want to make Dallas another place for filmmakers to, you know, make just another place for big films and stuff like, you know, grow it like Atlanta has grown or grow it like California. I know it's like a big thing to say because those are like, well, well, well established uh, film areas, I should say, movie, TV, all that area. But like, there's so much talent in Dallas, like so much talent. And there's so many people out here that are interested in the film thing. And they think that they got to go to Atlanta or they got to go to California or, you know, New York just to make opportunities for themselves. But I want to kind of like make this to a point to where it kind of brings people to believe like nah like you can do this anywhere like even especially in Dallas because Dallas is I, I wanted to grow into the whole film industry thing so I definitely see it in the future just bringing in more people bringing more people together most definitely just so everybody can just see that you know if I'm able to do it you can do it too so I just want it to be kind of like a, a beacon of inspiration like people just look at it and no matter what they're going after whether it is film related or not they, they're just like, yeah, like, oh, okay, if I have a dream and I want to go after something, I can definitely do it. Like, I, that's kind of what I wanted to represent, like, a place of, like, that's why it's called We Will Studios, kind of like, it's a family thing. Everybody that supports it, it's just letting out a message saying that if there's something that we want to do, we will do it, you know? So, 
Yeah, I definitely see it growing and becoming a great beacon of inspiration to everybody who's interested in film or just interested in just going after their dreams. So I can't wait to see it grow there. So oh, definitely, I can't wait to see it grow, man. I'm I'm very in, I'm very much keeping my eye out on how all this stuff goes. I mean, it's going to be dope. Uh, I want to try to go ahead and just kind of go back to just you know school and everything and Morehouse, and I want to just talk about like just some things like I guess I guess what I'm trying to ask is like how do you feel about your experience with Morehouse and and just being able to be there since like now it's your senior year, you kind of just have done all this stuff. You went and talked about how like you were kind of, you know, denied access to get into CTIMS. You went into marketing, you did fi- short films, you've met all these great people. I mean, so far, like, just give me like real honestly, like how do you feel about your experience at Morehouse and everything? Um, I'm a, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The hundred hundred percent honest. I'm going to say, Morehouse definitely, like, without going to Morehouse, I'm going to be real with you. I don't think I would be who I am today. Like, like although Morehouse directly probably didn't, like, you know, be the, the thing that kind of, like, made me who I am, but, like, it, it just brought me towards um, amazing people. Some people that I still know to this day um, that I still talk to and we're still close. It brought me to amazing people. It, it gave me a bunch of opportunities to do things that I never thought I would do. And plus I became a person that I never thought I would become because the person I am today was nothing like the person I was before I came to Morehouse. So, um, I wouldn't say like the school itself was the thing that kind of like did it. Cause that would mean that, um, you know, all the people who were in faculty and everything else like that was like, the main thing don't get me wrong like there's some good speeches but like i wouldn't say as a whole everybody was you know contributing to my growth but like definitely just going to the school was the thing that kind of just made me the person i am so i'm definitely thankful for the fact that um i went to a place that has amazing you know people that look like me uh amazing people who are you know creative more creative than i am and it was just, it's just a great thing just because, like, hey, without going to Morehouse, I probably wouldn't be who I am today. So I'm definitely giving my kudos to Morehouse on that because, you know, becoming becoming a person that's different than what you were before is kind of like a tough process. And you never know where, a, you never know where you're going to be after a couple of years, especially spending time at a, at a college campus. The college is important. That's the thing that's kind of like, kind of like, kind of, to find you after a couple after a couple of years, like once you get there and once you graduate. So, yeah, definitely kudos to Morehouse for that. Yeah, I, I can say the same thing for the school. I mean, being there for four years has been dope. And the only reason I asked is because, yeah, like we get these interviews from like people from these Fortune 500 companies or when we do like videos, when we promote Morehouse College, we say a lot of great things. And what you kind of just said there is what everybody says a lot. And it's really honest. It's really true. Uh, I mean, I have my things about Morehouse that I kind of feel a little bit, you know, upset about. But I think overall, it's something that I can definitely agree on is that it, it changed me to from the person that I was. Uh, back for you know freshman year you know just starting out to who I am now and I you know I got to thank Morehouse a lot for it I, I I'm I, I'm in uh, I'm in debt most figuratively and literally because I'm in debt <laughs> for Morehouse <laughs> but but I mean 
But I mean, honestly, I mean, it's a it's a great thing. It's a really, really great thing. Uh, I mean, just man, straight up, like, what's one of your have? Did you ever like what's like what was like one of your craziest stories from Morehouse? That's like, and when I mean craziest, I mean something that's like not super crazy to where I can go ahead and upload this ish and and not have to worry about nothing. Like something you're comfortable <laughs> with. Um, so like you mean like as like a like a personal experience I had that kind of like I'm trying to think. Let me think. Actually, straight. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Let Let's just actually go back to like the stats situation because I remember you went to my same stats class with Doctor Umo Umo, right? Oh my God, it's the Umo Umo, <laughs> dude. Yes, bro. And then he straight up told you, "Oh, this is regular stats. This is you need to go to business stats or something, right?" Dude, that man gave me a headache. Oh, you still have him? Hey, I don't know. Yeah, I had him. Yeah, I still had him. Yeah. God damn. I think I went to a different class. Yeah, I still had that man, bro. Oh my god. Man, I don't I don't know. I don't know how we we got through that, but thank God we did. I was I was never the type to get on teachers' bad side, but like, yeah, that yeah, that that was that was a rough experience right there. I ain't even gonna lie. Like he put us through it and it was <laughs> It was just a lot because I was like, "Bro, like, what, what we, what, what, what did we do to deserve to get go through all of this?" You know. No, I, but hey, yeah, no, that <laughs> that shit. No, he was. You were not the only one that was on his bad side. I was in his bad on his bad side. Two thirds of my stats class was on his bad side. So the reason I bring this up for the audience, the reason I bring this up is because I guess you could say this is like a, the craziest situation. Because at Morehouse, you have great professors who are awesome that you'll talk to. But then you get these people who just come out of nowhere, who never really understand about Morehouse, and they kind of just go crazy. This man, I remember straight up, this man, like, literally would come to class late and do so many things. Like, you go ahead and explain to me. Go ahead and explain like, your, your day. Bro, okay, I'm going to tell y'all one experience that happened. So, it was the day of our final, I think. Like, it was our final. And... Oh, ooh, I know. Uma, I know Uma was like, yeah, you, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I yeah, know yeah. The story, so, yeah. <laughs> so, like, we, we we came to class. No, no, it was like the, the last class before finals. He was all like, all right, guys, I uploaded all the review sheets. Make sure y'all look at them and get them done so y'all can do good on this test and everything. Now, mind you, the whole process of even learning anything in that class was a very difficult process because like he was just, he was, he just had his own way of teaching and it was just hard to understand. And when you ask for help, he wouldn't give like the best explanations and stuff. So yeah, you know, Hey, we needed those review sheets. So I was at least, we were at least thankful that he gave us review sheets. And then the day of the fine, like, and then one thing we realized was, he didn't give us all the review sheets. I think he gave us like three out of the five that we needed. So we couldn't even fully prepare for the exam. So we come to class and we tell him that. And he goes, nah, nah, nah. I definitely uploaded all them, all them, all them uh, study guides. And so we're like, no, you didn't, bro. Like, look, like, look at my whiteboard. It's right here. Right. He was all like, oh, well, I do not care. Everybody clear your desk. We about to take this final. We're like, no, bro, like, come on. Like, he was so upset. And then one guy, one guy was mad, mind you. 
this one guy barely taught the entire semester. So seeing him get mad out of nowhere was like, like, okay, yeah, you definitely shook somebody up. So he was all like, why are you doing this, Professor? This shit is ridiculous. Like, da 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 And then the professor was like, you need to be quiet. We, we about to take this test. And then he was all like, no, this test. Like, then the teacher started passing out the paper. Mind you, this, this dude was like cussing at him and everything like that. And I don't know how Umo Umo was even keeping his cool, bro. Like, it was, it was so funny. And then, uh, mind you, I sit in like the first row, so. I was sitting there just, like, about to take my L. I was like, ah, nah, like, ah, man, like, this can't be happening right now. He starts passing out the text to, like, the first row. He finishes the first row, then all of a sudden I hear, if, if I ain't going to take this test, nobody will. <laughs> Next thing you know, this dude runs up to the front of the classroom, grabs all of our tests off the desk, and starts ripping them up ripping them up in front of the whole class. We was all like, oh, my God. And Umo can't do nothing because I ain't going to lie. The dude was big. So, like, yeah, you can't do nothing about that, bro. Like, it was so crazy. Dude started ripping up the paper. He threw it in Umo Umo's face. And we was like, oh, my God. Like, yo, like, I can't believe this happened. Next thing you know, Umo Umo, he's like, he's like, oh, you have crossed the line. I'm, I'm gone for security. Bro. That man, that man, then the security guy came, took the dude, and then he was like, okay, class, <laughs> so this is what we're going to do. Y'all want to have this on another day? And I'm going to make sure I upload all of the uh, all of the study guys. We're like, yeah, we can do another day. <laughs> and then, boom, that's how it that's how it all went. But, golly, that, that's something I would never forget. No, there, I, when that whole thing happened... <laughs> It like spread like wildfire, wildfire all over the campus. I literally, nah, for some, real, I'm not. Yeah, that, yeah. There's somebody in that class that showed me the video of him ripping the papers up, and I was just like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like he actually was <laughs> go crazy, and I wasn't like too. Dude, sur- I wasn't too surprised because at Morehouse you do get some colorful characters, but like. For a guy like him, and especially knowing where he was, where he came from, you know, what he did before, because I looked him up and just wanted to see his history of teaching. I was just like, man, this this, this guy deserves most of that stuff. Cause, I'm saying, I'm saying, yeah. I forgot the guy's name who ripped up those papers, but without that man, I probably would have failed that. I'm not going to lie. So shout out to that man for real. <laughs> They're coming in and saving saving everybody because, oh, my God, like, that man was, I can't believe he was going to let us all take a test that we were going to fail. Like, that was so crazy. What's but, fun? what's nah, fun? this, yeah. Like, yeah, let this be advice, bro. Make sure you check, rate my professor before you check who you, prof- before you choose a professor. I promise. Make sure you do it. Please. Now, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this because I looked him up on rate my professor. He wasn't there. But I looked. No, actually, oh, no. he was he was on this other app. He was on this other program where there were reviews about him. He taught he taught at like this community college in South Carolina, and he had terrible reviews. It was like this dude did the same thing that those those classes over there at that community college. And the reason why he came was because apparently we're off the street. My sources don't worry about it, fam. So my my sources <laughs> my sources 
basically, well, basically people in my class said that the reason how, the reason why he came to Morehouse and became a stats professor was because that, you know, we weren't doing really well with, with money. So they had to bring in some new professors because, you know, they had the whole like a uh, furlough situation, which I can probably talk about that later, but they had the furlough situation. So they went ahead and hired professors who are like adjunct. And he actually worked at Clark Atlanta being a stats and algebra professor. And what's funny was that while he was teaching at Morehouse, he got fired from Clark because he tried to pull the same stuff. Somebody reported him and actually the actual provost walked in, saw him do that and basically said, that's it. See me in my office. Dude got fired from Clark, but he still got hired. At, he still got hired at Morehouse. But I mean, my crazy story and I'm going to just, make, I'm going to kind of just make it quick. This dude, what was it? The whole class reported on this man to the to the to the chair of the math department, who's real cool. I can't remember right. his name, but he's I really remember. Cool. And then this dude straight up, you know, he got in a meeting, couple meetings. This dude straight up went to our class, slammed his briefcase on the table, and then said, and then went ahead and said, "Let let's let's talk about this a little bit." If you have a problem, talk it to me. Don't talk it to my to my boss or anybody who talk it to me. But I have a problem when people complain when they don't do work in my class and I do everything I can to have, have them pass. I, I love students. I love everything about them. This dude straight up lied and then I try to go ahead and I'm about to say, Why are you lying, bro? Like, yeah. <laughs> this dude went up I went up I went in and just asked all these questions so like, Well, why would you do this? Why would you go ahead and BS us and not even let us do anything of this stuff about study guides, tests, quizzes? What are you doing? And he was just like I'm saying that man was setting us up for failure. <laughs> like literally. Yeah, and then this and then like I remember I remember this thing that made me that pissed me off. I went ahead. We went cla- We left class. I started talking to one of my homies. And then the professor, as he's walking past us, he just stops and just stares at me because I was the guy that spoke up most of the time. And I remember, and I remember leaving class because I would challenge him on stuff because I would read the book ahead and he would just say, no, you're wrong. I'm right. And he stopped, looked at me and just, and just said, and just looked at me and just wanted to cuss me out. But all he said was, you know, Mr. Malone, my office is always open, but I really don't appreciate you acting like a snitch. And at that point, I was, man, what? He called me a snitch. I was like, oh, this motherfucker. <laughs> and the thing was, is that I couldn't deal. With, I I really wanted to get angry and cuss him out because I was deal. I I what was it? I was having. I was doing like twenty one credit hours for that semester. I was already stressed, and I was just like, "You go, yeah, I know, I know." I I, I had a whole lot. Dang, of bro! I was doing a lot. I'm about to say, and Umo Umo on top of that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you was going through it. I, I feel that. Golly. Yeah, this dude called me a snitch straight up my face, and I just got angry <laughs> as hell. And I I I just went to my dorm and I started cussing, doing some shadow boxing until I got tired. And just went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just, but I thankfully I passed that class with a C plus because somebody in the class found his test, his exam online, and it was his old exam, which ended up being a copy from like USC's basic stats class exam. So he copied off of somebody else's. He said he makes the exams all the time. He doesn't. He just copies off of other people's. No, nah, that man don't make nothing. 
so somebody so somebody found his exam and then we all you know got the answers and then we we went ahead and did it and everybody ended up passing the class except for like one person yeah it was except for like one person but like yeah he was the fucking worst and I mean, yeah, man, blessings. That was yeah. all blessings right there. All of us getting through that horrific moment of our college experience, most definitely. Yeah, and I've, <laughs> and I've had some really crazy stories with some really crazy professors. Like, I've had this past semester with, like, online learning. Online learning was not the best, and I had one professor that was just crazy. But I I, I would love to get into that, but I want to get into some more stuff that's more interesting some more more your <laughs> expertise so yeah i'm about to say yeah man. but yeah so i'm about to say one day one day you just need to have a segment just talking about all about more how like the, the the terrible things terrible things you went through because i'm telling you i know we all got stories for days man yeah but all right let's go ahead and change gears real quick and let's just talk about you know some of the movies that's happened the movie that's came out in the past, you know, month, couple of months, and uh, one movie that I actually did a review on was Judas and the Black Messiah, and I know last week I did Malcolm, and well, you know, a week or two ago I did Malcolm Marie, and uh, before we went ahead, mm-hmm. we started recording, we actually, you know, I asked you, you know, what movies you saw real quick, kind of have this conversation, and you watched both those films, and, you know, I was happy to hear that, and I just, let me go ahead and ask you real quick, how did you feel about both those films, Malcolm and Marie and Judas and the Black Messiah. And you can go ahead and go in any order you want to, how you feel about it, but go ahead and just let me know, fam. All right, better that. Since like I watched um since I watched Judas and the Black Messiah most recently, I'll just start off with that. Like I'm a yeah, like that was that was that was really good. Like I like Daniel Kaluuya's um performance thing with uh Latif Stanfield. Like they they did great performances, like, because every time they were up on the part doing whatever, like, I felt it. Especially that one part where Fred Hampton came out of jail and he went to that, um, went to go, like, have a speech in front of those people. He was like, I am a revolutionary. Like, bro, I felt that, bro. Like, I was like, dang, this man did his thing. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. But, dude, like, that's a crazy story, though. Like, the whole time, like, he was he was just being outed like that, you know. Like I just can't believe it. That was like I, I'm gonna be real with you. I did not know the like the full story behind all of that, but wow, like it definitely needed to be told. And I'm glad I got to watch it because, like, wow, I can't believe that actually happened. Like I didn't even I didn't I can't believe it went down like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I thought. Yeah. I mean, like, what rating would you give it from a scale of one to ten? Um, I think I gave it like. Uh, I'd probably give it like a nine. Nine. I really enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. Yeah, I kind of gave it like the I, same rating, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was just, yeah, mainly it was their performances, but yeah, like, hey, they did a great job at telling the story and everything else like that. So I, I'm really, I'm really happy with it. Now, like a little thing with that movie, did you feel like with Judas and the Black Messiah, were you a little bit apprehensive with the announcement that David Kaluuya, well, no, Daniel Kaluuya, my apologies, Daniel Kaluuya was going to play the role of Freddie, Freddie Hampton. Like, did you ever get like worried or a little questionable about that? Because when I had first, when the movie had first been announced with that dope ass first trailer, when it went like, I am, I am a revolutionary, revolutionary. And that cool 
background music. There are these people on YouTube uh, and just some critics I were saying, black critics who are saying that, you know, it's, it sucks that we have a black British actor playing an African-American role model in the black Panther party in this movie. And we, someone else. did you ever feel like that was a, do you ever get with that statement? Did you ever feel apprehensive? And then when you watch this movie, do you still hold those feelings or did you feel like, you know, this, you know, he played his role very Um, well. Yeah, he definitely did. Like Daniel Kaluuya is an amazing actor, but I definitely understand like why people say that because it's like, there's so many, there's so many amazing actors, black actors in America that could, yeah, you know, do like either the same performance or better. Like, you know, like there's a lot of people out here that could definitely give like justice to that performance. Now, um, so like I definitely understand because it's like there'd be a lot, there's, there's like a lot of times where like people are from um, like England and stuff and they're playing like, you know, roles like that. Like I know, what is it, Snowfall? That was the main guy, he's from England. All American, the main guy's from England. Like, it's crazy. And then, like, I, yeah, that's, it's just, it's just kind of weird, like, how, you know, they'll be quick to get, like, somebody from another country to do roles like that instead of, like, you know, doing some of the talent that be out in America, you know? Like, no, no shade to them because they're all amazing actors. But, yeah, like, I definitely understand, like, where they're coming from with that. So, yeah, yeah but... No, go ahead. My fault, man. I'm sorry. That much. I was just happy at the fact that, you know, we were getting, you know, a black film, I would say. Yeah. Um, You know, I wish they would steer less around, you know, movie, black movies that kind of just show black trauma and like, you know, the rough events that we've been through. But, you know, hey, at the end of the day, um, there was a lot of great black performances in that show, in that movie, I should say. And yeah, everybody, everybody did a good job with it, honestly. So, but yeah, I definitely understand where he's, where they're coming from with that, with that whole statement of everything. Yeah. And you brought up, you know, and I would say for me, I, I was a little bit worried, but not as worried as other critics because I've, I've seen Daniel, you know, Daniel Kaluuya has acted in great movies and get out black Panther and, you know, as a such. And I felt like he can go ahead and do this role very well and he's down for the cause. So it's just like, you know, there are some people who are tryhards and, you know, make these type of statements. And it's just like, yeah, it's whatever. And it goes to this b- bigger, deeper conversation about actually getting, you know, real African-American actors and not just saying we need black actors. Again, that's a different conversation. And it's interesting to kind of just go in and have a bigger topic. But that just goes on back and forth. But like uh, with that being said, I got to go ahead and share this tidbit about the movie because I, I did some research before and after doing the whole uh, review that I did. So mm-hmm. take a guess who was going to be originally uh, the actor to play Freddie Hampton. Oh, my God. It's like, oh, there was. OK, take, take a guess. Like, give me like one guess. Who would be the guy who you would think would be, play Freddie Hampton? Uh, dang, that's a hard one. I'm trying to think, like, cause like, yeah, after watching the movie, I'm just like, dude, who, who else could have been playing it? Um, let me think. Dang, that's hard. Like, I wish, now I wish, like, I had, now I wish I could just be back to where I was before I watched the movie, just so I could be like, um, be like, who, like, you know, who else is going to play as, uh, as a Fred Hampton or whatever, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 
Yeah. But do you want me to go ahead and just give you the guys, the two people who they were who were were first eyed on to be Freddie Hampton? Anything, anything. I want to say. Um, so I'll give you a guess. I'll give you. you a know, guess. Yeah, I'll go. To, yeah, just go yeah. for it. Go for it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll go for it. So I'm gonna read this. So Will Burson had also written a Hampton screenplay about the same thing. Actually, no, let me go in from the top from development. Kenny and Keith Lucas began pitching the idea of a Fred Hampton biopic to A24 and Netflix in 2014, selling it as a The Conformist meets The Departed. While working with Shaka King on a television pilot in 2016, they pitched their idea for a Hampton film and he became intrigued. Will Burson had also written a Hampton screenplay about the same time, and it was in early stages of production. With F. Gary Gray and Talks of Direct, uh, didn't he do Friday, right? He did Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did Friday. Casey Affleck and John Powers Middleton in negotiations to produce. And here's the kicker. And Jaden Smith and or O'Shea Jackson Jr. being eyed to betray Freddie Hampton. Really? Yeah. After that version fell through, Burson and King rewrote his script with the help from the Lucas brothers. I mean... <laughs> I, wow. I would have never thought them, though. I'm not going to lie. But dang... I, okay. I can't. Wow. I can't envision Jaden Smith being Freddie Hampton, O'Shea Jackson I Jr. I definitely can't. Yeah, yeah O'Shea Jackson <laughs> Jr. I can. I I can see that. I I can see that. I I can see that a little bit. Yeah, I kind of. I, I can kind of see it too. But like, I don't know. I'm glad that they got a uh, a black. You know, like a dark skin. You know, um, person to betray him. You know, yeah. I think I like that. I do like that. Yeah, I like that too. I mean, overall, the film was great. And I'll, I'll kind of just give you like how I felt about it. Kind of just a snippet of how I felt from the review. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I watched this movie after watching two documentaries in the past couple of weeks. The first one being the documentary on the MLK and the FBI, on how the FBI kind of spied on MLK and, you know, let out all these crazy secrets about how, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, cheated on his wife Coretta with like all these different women mm-hmm. and how J. Edgar Hoover felt about him. And then the second documentary was about who killed Malcolm X, which is this docu-series about six episodes on Netflix. Uh, and it just talks about like who really killed Malcolm X. It talks about the FBI and the New York Police Department's, uh, you know, their roles in this whole situation. And I'll say this right now, when you watch this film, after watching those two documentaries, or if you just watch, you know, I'll put out, you know, Selma. And also, uh, if you watch Selma, Oh my God, (laughs) Malcolm, Malcolm, the movie, the Spike Lee made about Malcolm X biopic and Judas and the black Messiah, you will be angry at the FBI. Oh, very. Oh my God. Yeah. And specifically at J Edgar Hoover, because I didn't know too much about J Edgar Hoover before this. I just heard, through you know through the grapevine, just from passing conversations, what he did and his whole end goal and his reasoning behind you know spying and putting a hit out on Freddie Hampton and just stopping civil rights activists and movements, it's sickening. And if you don't think that, if you don't think there's a thing where like they really try to stop everything that black people do or minority groups do, you got to be another thing coming. I mean he was afraid that there was going to be a black Messiah. Hence in the title, Judas and the black Messiah. 
you know, he was afraid right. that there was going to be that one black individual that was going to rise up and actually do something uh, to, you know, overthrow the government or just, you know, overtake white Americans. And he used the whole basis of communism to go ahead and say, yeah, like we're going to go ahead and do that. And I just felt like that's a big problem. And it just, showed, it's, very. it's a very big problem. It's a fucked up problem. And I will always say until the day I die, J. Edgar Hoover is a bitch. He's a massive bitch. <laughs> and everybody who worked on the agree is a bitch. <laughs> agree. Yeah. I mean, just, Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I would, I mean, if you ever get the time, if you're like, you know, if you just want to know, I would say, watch those two documentaries, MLK and FBI. Well, MLK slash FBI and watch who killed Malcolm X. And, you know, besides learning more about who killed Malcolm X and knowing more about that, but also you'll get to know more about the FBI's involvement because, uh, director James Comey, who is infamous, well, not inf- well, yeah, kind of famous, infamous, whatever, for being part of like the whole trial against Donald Trump when he first got elected, and he had the Comey tapes, and he said he characterizes that span of the FBI as the darkest days of American surveillance, and I'm like that, that it definitely makes sense. So I mean, yeah, yeah. man, it's crazy. I, I, yeah. Like, I'm saying, like, I can't, yeah, it's, it's an evil world we live in, bro. Like, like I just hate that whole, like, idea that somebody hates you just because you, like, you look different. Like, that is so crazy, you know? Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, you could be minding your own business, you could be spreading positivity, doing good things, like, whatever, whatever, and you still hate it on just because you, you black. Like, it, it's just ridiculous, you know? Oh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You've ter- you you can hear so many crazy things uh just because people don't like you, your skin, and then nowadays we just get people who who hate you because of your skin, but they don't want to admit it and they'll just say very stupid stuff. It's just like I I don't I I you know, I don't believe in black lives matter. It's just really divisive and it's just okay. This, you you don't get the point. <laughs> well, we uh, we know where you stand in. Well, <laughs> all lives like, matter. Nah, okay, we, whatever. It's like all lives matter. Right, Fuck dude. you. Okay. Right. <laughs> all right, bro. Yeah. All right. Whatever, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm saying, man. Yeah, but like it's okay, a crazy world we live in. It is, man. But like switching gears from Judas and the Black Messiah to Malcolm Marie, how did you feel about that film? That was that. Like wow, I wasn't. I don't know what I was expecting, but <laughs> like, yeah, that was that was crazy. Like, I did I did enjoy it though. Like, I did. I think the one part that I definitely liked the most was like that um that monologue that um, Zendaya gave at the end, like the last monologue she gave. Uh, like I was like, dang, I felt that. And then when the movie ended, I just felt some type of way like i was like i had mind you i have no no like i don't relate to what they going through or anything in any way shape or form but like for some reason like the movie ended i felt some type of way i was like dang man Uh, love is love is a crazy thing (laughs) it is uh what what would you give that rating for that movie um bro they both gave like really great performances i think i gave it like a Four out of five stars, I think. Four so probably of- like a eight, eight out of ten, probably around there. Okay. So yeah, but yeah, I did, I did enjoy it. Though. I definitely enjoyed it. Okay, we're both like at different. We're both like kind of like at at two different points because I gave this movie like a, 
I gave this movie like a 5.9, 5.8. If I was being a nice, a mm-hmm. 6 out of 10. But I'll ask you, it's kind of like, it's, yeah, I'll, I'll ask you to, like, how did you feel about, like, just the writing in the film and just the concept and all of that stuff? It was, it was definitely, it was definitely weird because, like, like, it was like throughout the film, uh, the way they were speaking and stuff was kind of weird. And yeah, especially with the dialogue, I know exactly what you mean with the dialogue because I was just like, huh? Over like a certain amount of things. But I just kind of like thought about, hey, this is probably the perspective. Like, you know, this is through the eyes of whoever, like through the director, writer. And that's how he wanted us to see it in his eyes. You know, some people, it won't, it won't resonate with the same as it will with others. But yeah. I was I was confused in some places because of like the way the dialogue was, but overall I I kind of like felt what what was like being shown at least you know like I took away something Did and you, like I think that's something I really look for in movies yeah kind of like kind of just like I just took away the whole aspect of like love and how um what is it like you know when you're when you're with somebody I guess like I I I felt like it was saying like when you're in love with somebody and y'all love each other, there's going to be moments where, you know, y'all, y'all going, y'all not going, y'all, y'all are going to have fights and stuff. Mind you, I don't want my fights to go like that. But, <laughs> but like, I feel like that's kind of where it was going towards, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. I can kind of see like why you gave it the rating that you gave it. So most definitely. Yeah. Because I mean, I'll ask you this. Did you ever feel like the movie, like the first half of the movie caught your attention and then the second half kind of was just dragging along? Like, did you ever feel like that, like these people just needed to like, just sit down or just go to bed and that they were just, very, <laughs> just they were just very toxic with each other. It was just, just stop this. It's getting ridiculous. Most definitely, yeah. Like, yeah, the first, the first, first half was definitely like really good. Second half, I can definitely see what you mean because, like, it was, it, yeah, it was just a lot of like a lot, a lot, a lot of talking. Yeah. But I don't know. I kind of, I kind of just like, kind of just like tried to look at it from a different perspective, and I just took away where I took away from it, honestly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it was, yeah, it was definitely, yeah. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. You know, you're good. You're good. Oh, okay. I actually kind of forgot what I was going to say. But yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> you're good. Okay, my God. Thank God. But I, I, only reason I asked that is because that's kind of like, how, yeah, that's like what you said. How That's how I felt about, you know, the movie Malcolm Marie. I gave it, the score I gave it was because I was very interested in the film. I wasn't expecting it to be like the best film ever because there is a such things as movies that look super pretty, but the concept and the plot are just bare bones or just ass. And, uh, yeah, I I would say that definitely when I first got into it, it was very interesting because the whole problem is centering around first, Malcolm didn't congratulate Marie on just helping her with the film. And then it goes into whole, right. you didn't congratulate me on a film, on a contribution to a film in which you made it very eerily similar about my life. And I take very much 
problems with that and it triggered me throughout and then it goes in and it kind of <laughs> evolves into it and i felt like the first part really hit its mark and i thought that's awesome but then later down the road when they when she asked the question why didn't you why didn't you cast me in your film or when john david washington's character malcolm uh goes crazy and, and starts being a little childish boy and just being like just cussing and arguing and stuff and talking about the commercialization of film I'm just like that's when you kind of just lost me and I just want this to be over with I don't think that it was a terrible movie or a bad film but I felt like the concept was very flawed and the execution of it could have been much better I felt like if the movie was about if you decreased the runtime from whatever it was to like an hour or maybe like 50 minutes oh this would have been a banger but I, I can't really give it a higher score because of the time that it was because it's just so you're kind of just done with it. You just want to move on. But uh, I definitely liked it. I mean, it was cool. I felt like if they did it again and, and reconfigured some stuff, it would have been dope. Um, I mean, David Arnold, one of the guys that came in here before we were talking about the film and this nigga gave it a two out of 10. So, Dang. <laughs> Yeah, I, no, like I, I, yeah, I de- don't get me wrong. I definitely understand like where y'all going, going from it and everything. I just kind of like looked at it differently. I think that's kind of like why I gave it the score, I, the score I did. But yeah, just because I thought it was just like mainly centering, like yeah, they arguing, they talking a lot and everything like that. But I was just kind of like, maybe, maybe the the guy who created was just trying to highlight that whole aspect of, you know, this is what how relationships are sometimes it's up down they go back and forth and all this other stuff like loopy loop and pool all that other stuff you know what i'm saying so that's like kind of like how i looked at it and i think that's why i kind of like um gave it the score i did just because of that but, no it's totally fine. yeah man i definitely understand yeah i definitely understand where you're coming from i definitely do because yeah. like yeah looking at looking from your perspective i can definitely understand why you gave it the score you gave it and looking from your perspective, I definitely get it too, because, you know, one thing that I really wanted this movie to do well is just do do well commercially where a lot of people watch it and have a good time with it, because it is a really nice film that's led by two people of color and uh, John David Washington, who's grown as an actor and Zendaya, who's grown as an actress, who's done an amazing job. And the fact that she was, you know, the direction of this film came from Sam Levinson, who also does Euphoria and works with Zendaya. Uh, you know, I'm not mad at them for doing what they did. And I'm just, you know, happy that this did came out. It just wasn't perfect. And it wasn't, you know, it was just okay. And All right. Sorry about that, my guy. So, yeah, uh, I would just say just in terms of just both those films, I'm just glad that we did get some films uh, regarding, you know, African-Americans, just black people in general. And that uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, Malcolm Marie, even if one movie was okay, we did get a movie that was awesome. And for you, you said both of these films were dope and that's all that matters. I think it's cool. Uh, do you want to go, do you already kind of like have, do you already know like what films we, uh, that are coming out this week and that's coming up for the rest of the month? Uh, let me think. I don't know why, but I'm very like, okay. I know I'm not the only one. I don't know about this month, but wait, what things are actually coming out this month? So, uh, so I'll tell you one of the movies that is making big headlines. Well, two movies that are making big headlines that are coming out this month 
is Sia's new film, Music, which has gotten into some big controversy. It's the movie. It's, oh, no. Yeah, it's the movie called Music, and we have another film, Nomadland, which it's not caught in controversy, but it's it's been highly regarded as one of the best films of 2020. Uh, so the first movie I'm talking about, Music, if you haven't heard about this, and I just heard about it like two days ago, Sia's new mu- movie, Music, is basically her direct directorial directorial debut and it's supposed to talk about how like you know there's this one girl named music who has autism and uh you know she goes in and she loses her mom and her i think her sister or aunt or whoever comes in and tries to take care of her and through the help of leslie odom jr's character who is this african or nigerian or whatever they go ahead and try to you know help raising an autistic child and it's gotten some it's gotten into some controversy because the portrayal of music, the autistic uh girl, is over exaggerated and borderline offensive and it's just way over the top. Like I asked this Oh my seen, god. Yeah, like I would say look it up. Right now it's got like a very low percentage on Rotten Tomatoes. I think the last time I saw it was like thirteen. Uh, like thirteen percent. It's at twelve, right? Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. It's at twelve, golly. Yeah, I mean, if you want to watch the movie and, and just get angry, you can go ahead and watch the movie and get angry. <laughs> but I told, I probably might watch. I didn't it. Even, huh? I didn't even know. Uh, I didn't even know Sia was like getting into film, like the 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 artist. I did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, I would just say that. I would just say that this was her first film. It may be her last because a lot of people are trying to cancel her and she, her response has been really bad, but if you want to go see the film, you're Dang, so like, so like what? I was going to say, like, yeah, it must've been very, 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 very offensive. Golly. Very offensive. It's very, very offensive. Uh, but, the, oh my God. but here's, here's the kicker though. This movie was nominated for best musical from the golden Globes. <laughs> what? And, and Kate Hudson, the the lead actress in this film, was directed for for best supporting character or best actress or something. Oh my god! Yeah, dang that. <laughs> so hey, that just goes to show ratings do not matter. They will. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. So if you want to watch it and get triggered or get mad or understand where the hatred's coming from, I, I implore you, but I'm not going to push you to do it because that I, I don't even know if I want to do a review on it. I might do a review later on, but I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know if I'm trying to I'm trying to scream at the mic for a good little minute. I ain't trying to do all that. I feel it. I definitely feel it. Right. But on the other hand, you got a film in Nomadland, which is about how I think a 60 year old woman is is like loses her home, loses her husband. And she ends up, you know, going on a road on an RV or like a, I think a pickup truck, a pickup van or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she ends up meeting a group of people who consider themselves as nomads. And she starts learning the ways of being a nomad and just, you know, just getting comfortable and adjusting to this new life that she's in. And it's been regarded as a, as a wonderful film with terrific acting where you have most of the cast 
are just actual real people who are actual nomads. And the only actor, you know, the only actors you got is the lead actress. And uh, I think somebody else, but it's been considered like a great film. That's very realistic. And it actually pushes the boundaries of learning different perspectives. And I, and I think it's dope. It got nominated for best, you know, drama in the golden globe. So that was one good thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to definitely check that out. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm going to double check to see when it comes out and kind of just see where that's coming from and see where where you can watch mm-hmm. it at. The other big movie that's coming out that that's already had like its screenings was uh Minari, I think that's the name of it, starring Stephen Minari. Yu. Yeah, that's uh with um dude from uh Walking, Walking Dead. Dead and stuff, right. Yeah, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's something I that, heard about that movie. It was really good. Oh, it's yeah. I, I, it looks really cool. It looks like a tearjerker. So that's something. Uh, I, I think it would be dope to watch. But Nomadland actually comes out February nineteenth. So it comes out this thir- this uh Friday. Oh, definitely. What uh, what uh, what streaming services and stuff is going to be on? Uh, I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, shit, I'm trying to figure that out. It might be. I heard Hulu, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it may be Hulu. It may be Hulu, but I've heard differently about where it could be. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely let you know. It's like it's drama slash indie. No wonder it looks like that because it's an indie film. And indie films are just hidden gems when they're really dope. Um, oh, my gosh. I swear, bro. For real. Yeah. So go ahead. And- there needs to be there needs to be some type of way to like get, shine some more light on indie films. Because I know that. Yeah, they're, you're right. They're definitely hidden gems. I agree. They're hidden gems when they work really, really well. So, yeah. Uh, Actually, you know, kind of like our last thing to talk about with just the entire chill hour. When you talk about your short films, have you ever thought about, have you ever thought about just going to your YouTube? And I know you have a YouTube channel. Have you ever just thought about just doing short films and put on YouTube for a living? Kind of like people like, uh, you know, Freddie View or just like those young short film you know, advocates or directors that go into YouTube and use that as their main source. That's what I never thought about it, honestly. Like, I feel like um, that's actually that's actually not a bad idea because, like, you know, YouTube has like opened up a lot of opportunities for people. And plus, I know YouTube has like its own, um, you know, its own little TV network thing going on too. So. Yeah, I never thought about it, though, so just because I want to, like, expand bigger than that, just because I want to, like, you know, make it to where it'll, I don't know. I just always wanted to experience the whole, uh, what is it, you know, the whole regular box office film, TV thing, experience thing. But not going to lie, that's actually not a, that's actually not a bad idea. I never heard about that, though. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. yeah, I bring it up because it's like, in the very early days of YouTube, you had people who are like the best in the business in, in the platform by doing short films. You had guys, uh, there was one guy named Freddie View, a uh, Freddie View, uh, and he had ended up having his own team called Rocket Jump, and they ended up, yeah, he, yeah, he did all those, uh, those, those super cool effects and stuff like that, yeah, super cool effect, like videos with super cool effects. He ended up having his own like his own little short series called video game high school. And then it went off going on for like three seasons. And, uh, he was really popular right. for that. 
Now, you know, sadly, he stopped doing it because, you know, when he started, he wanted to transition more into TV. And then I think that people in Hollywood was just like, okay, this is cool and all, but we we need to see more. We need to see something else. But then you start seeing more people doing short films and they ended up catching wind. And at this point, man, I'm going to be real. Like doing short films on YouTube and just kind of using your platform to do whatever you want and just putting out your own vision. I won't say like you'll get instant success right after your first short film because again, you got to do a try. Almost there. It's a try. But like when you keep doing it, you're going to see results and you, you can definitely see it. And because I guess you're seeing more independent creators do a lot, you can end up doing something like, you know, Issa Rae. Had her own mini series. Now she did uh, Insecure. Uh, I mean, there's right. examples to go for. So I mean, if that's something you want to think about, just go ahead and do it. I go ahead and just give you that suggestion. Exactly, exactly. Just start. It's like, hey, you never know where things going to lead you to. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely agree. That's a crazy. That's crazy though. I can't believe he didn't get like, like, more expanded into like TV and stuff like that. Because I. I actually enjoyed Video Game High School. Like, it looked really, it, like, the, the effects and everything were really cool on it. I remember watching it when when it came out. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole interview with him and like and this dude's podcast, Corridor Digital, who was, like, kind of like Freddie View. But yeah. Like, and they talked about how, like, when he wanted to get into bigger projects and doing stuff, he never really got them or they just n- didn't really work out. Because, you know, Hollywood's a business. You can't really do the same things you do before. And it's, like, really interesting. I mean, even the people from Corridor Digital talked about how they were trying to do a movie and they were very much restricted from what they wanted to do because uh, you have people that are funding you. There are people that are directing you. You got to go on time constraints. You have producers who want to do their own vision. And, you know, it sucks. But if you can end up right. commanding the market and doing your own stuff with your short films. And then afterwards you have somebody pick it up and you can become your own producer or your own director, or even to somebody who acts in it. That's it. You're, you're good. You're, you're dope. Uh, I would be real. Like somebody like, uh, man, I mean, Tyler, I guess you can say Tyler Perry did his own plays and he had a platform before like YouTube. And then when YouTube was there, more people said, I'm gonna do it. So, I mean, you can go ahead and try. I mean, and I mean, and anybody who picks it up, you're fine. I mean, even if even if BET says, "Hey, let's do a show with you," I say, "Take it." Shit, exposure is exposure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, opportunities, man. I'm saying, but like one thing I do commend, like you know, uh, them doing, like even those, like they weren't, they didn't like weren't given opportunities in the beginning. Like they kind of just made their own, like you know, Issa Rae making um. Op- what was it? The Misadventures of the Awkward Black Girl or Tyler Perry is doing his plays. Like, you know, it's just, you just got to do it, bro. Like, don't even think about, you know, where it'll go or anything like that. Cause, like, I think the more you keep doing something and the better you, like, the more you grow with it, like, it'll just lead you to where you're supposed to be, you know? And you'll, and you'll just feel it when it's the right thing for you, you know? No, yeah, most definitely. I, I definitely agree with that. And, yeah, man. I say fuck. Yeah, go ahead and just do everything. But yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> with that being said, thanks so much for coming into today's episode. I really appreciate and grateful for you coming in to the night's episode of the Chill Hour. It was very much a pleasure talking to you, my guy. And yeah, man, it was. This has been a dope conversation. Yeah, 
dude, hey, appreciate you for having me, bro. I'm, I, hey, this is a great opportunity. Uh, I can't wait to see your show grow again, man. And also with the whole camera thing, start with your phone. Don't be afraid, bro. I have to start with my phone, too. So go for it. <laughs> yeah, that's something. <laughs> the I'm camera gonna... will come. I promise. That's something I might have to do, man. But all right then, man. That should be about it. And thank you guys for joining in to another episode of The Chill Hour, hosted by your, your boy, Jordan Malone, brought to you by The Midnight Drop. If you are new here or recruiting artists or just audience member, you can go ahead and listen to The Midnight Drop at the following platforms below in the comment section. Now, if you're at that comment section, you can go ahead and leave a comment, how you feel about tonight's episode, your own reviews about the movies we talked about, and also some more questions for me or Lance. You can go ahead and follow Lance at Lawman25. Uh, Is that correct or no? The one, Lawman25. All right, Lawman25. And also go ahead and follow his studio company, We Will Studios, on Instagram. And uh, if you want to go ahead and hit him up, just go ahead and DM, DM him at his Instagram page, and he can go ahead and get you at the right spot or just have a nice conversation. You can go ahead and DM me at 615 underscore chill, and also email me at jordancammon at outlook.com. Uh, if you got anything else to go ahead and t- talk about, go ahead and leave a dropout. And I got something else special for you in the next couple of days regarding the midnight drop. But all that being said, thanks for tuning in to the chill hour. That's regarding the midnight drop. I'm your host, Jordan Malone. Stay safe, stay blessed and stay you. Peace. Hey.